Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 55 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum, and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. And I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy, and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. Have you ever found it difficult to set boundaries or felt bad when you did set boundaries? We're going to talk about why that is and then how we can actually set healthy boundaries in our lives. Let's get right into it. All right, everybody. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us today. I'm actually really excited. It's going to be a good episode. It's something we haven't talked about that surprisingly we haven't talked about. You know, I know. Boundaries is a pretty basic <laughs> therapy thing you talk about, in like especially in relationship counseling. Right. So it's surprisingly we haven't talked about in this talked about it up until this point. I know. Yeah. Like I've I've always there are a lot of people in my life that talk about boundaries and how hard it is to set them, and I always want to say, hey, go listen to episode blank on boundaries <laughs> like oh wait we don't have one <laughs> so we're now going to have this episode in our arsenal and so will you with anyone who struggles with boundaries or if you struggle with boundaries you'll have this episode to to go off of yeah i really think anyone can do a little bit better with their um, knowledge of boundaries and how to set them that's really what we're going to be talking about like what makes them so hard and how you can do a little bit better job on setting them and setting healthy ones Right. That. Yeah, and the main article that this came from is by thecandidly.com. Why do boundaries make us feel bad? We'll link it down below. We are really just taking the headings and then just talking about them. Mm-hmm. We're not really going to do direct quotes at all from the article. Yeah, it's, it's a great article, though. Yeah. The, the, um, the writer isn't accredited in any way, but she does a good job of presenting information. So yeah. I'd give it a read if I was you. Yeah, Just it's saying. really good. I mean, she quotes a whole bunch of different psychotherapists, uh, yeah. psychoanalysts, all this, all the goodies. Does a good job just presenting information, not yep. counseling anything. Yep. It's great. Yeah, all the goodies are in there. Yeah. So first then, let's talk about why are boundaries so hard to set? Because I'm sure if you were anything like me, when you try and set a boundary, a lot of times it may not go according to plan because you maybe don't set it at all or yeah. you kind of adjust and sacrifice some of your time or values to i don't know try and find a common ground with the person rather than just sending a boundary and that's that sparing feelings becomes more important than setting boundaries in a lot of yeah. cases at least for me that's what i've noticed with myself yeah so we've created this weird thing in our i don't know where how it is across the world uh, particularly just in our country where the language when when it comes to setting boundaries the language can seem it seems harsh or unfamiliar to us and when someone sets boundaries or when you set a boundary you may be looked at or feel like you're the bad guy like oh you selfish punk like you're not going to help me do this or whatever it is you know and so you are deemed as the bad person because you're setting boundaries and saying no. Yeah, I think that could be one of the reasons why boundaries get such a bad rap is because too many people have set really harsh boundaries. I think yeah. For me, that's like I've heard I've had people set boundaries with me like that. That kind of hurt, you know, more the more so than just like like an ego thing. It's like the word the way it was said was kind of mean almost. And right. that I think that's why they another reason why they get such a bad rap is that they um 
I don't know, they just, they get put off the wrong way because people just don't know how to do it correctly in the language that they use. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people, like we kind of just mentioned, they call you selfish or people think it's a selfish thing to set boundaries and to say no because people say, oh, what about being selfless? You know, that one great man from the Bible, he was super selfless. It's Jesus. Um, and so why not be like him, you know? And we've talked about several times, a lot, actually, how self-care is not selfish. And setting boundaries is a part of self-care. It really is. Because when you set a boundary, that is, for the most part, and we're going to talk about this, it's aligning your actions with your values. And so if you're going to do something that's not aligned with your values, then you can say no. You can set a boundary right there and not go past that. And when we do, again, people tend to think that's selfish, which is simply not true. That's not reality. And that's just not helpful yeah. at all. And along with that, um, this is one thing the article mentions that I wanted to bring up as well is that many people, I'm not dying, diagnosing anyone who's listening, but a lot of people can come from, a lot of people that have problems with setting boundaries or maintaining them or respecting them even, could come from enmeshed families. Yeah. And basically what an enmeshed family, for those who are not family studies majors like me and Enid, <laughs> is basically a family that is too tightly knit, that has yeah. no boundaries, is too intimate with one another's personal lives, where the functionality comes from being too close. If that even makes sense at all. Like, I think we've talked a little bit about, little bit about um, dysfunctional functionality before mm -hmm. on the podcast where your family can be so dysfunctional to the point where it, that is the function it's just of the, the way family. It works. That's, yeah. how the, that's how the family maintains its structure is by being dysfunctional. Right. And that's how an enmeshed family works a lot of the times is that the enmeshment, the, the tightly knit relationships that you have that go too far maintain the functionality of the relationships. Yeah. And then when you go out into the world... Um, like with like work relationships with like boss, like peer to peer to your boss with your marriage, with your future children, even that just continues to spill over into other relationships where you have yeah. that enmeshment to where like you have that ba that background of enmeshment to where you had no respect to boundaries or just no boundaries in the first place. You never learned the um, the benefit of boundaries and the importance of boundaries in that familial familial relationship. Yeah. So therefore, there's just no skills there. It's like if you um, were put into a major league baseball game, but have never played a big game of baseball in your yeah. life. You just don't have the skills to do it, and so you're going to look silly. You're going to yeah. be, you're going to have a really hard time in that baseball game because you just don't have the skills to do it. And I'm not saying that's the, pro the case with everybody, but that's the thing that the article brings up that is a very good point. You could just have a lack of, um, of the importance and the lack of the background yeah. of important boundaries or firm boundaries. Yeah, enmeshed enmeshed families create hyper dependence on mm -hmm. one another and so you can't do or say anything without like that person you know like it, it gets it gets really bad sometimes with enmeshed families and so when someone when they go into a different relationship like a marriage or just a friendship and someone says hey whoa like you're kind of in my space like can you you know not be in my space <laughs> they're like they just take that so harshly like oh <gasps> oh my gosh, this person hates me. I now hate that person and we're no longer friends because exactly. they said, oh, I'm all up in your space. Like that's that's the way they react to, to boundaries. And so if that's 
a way that you've reacted to boundaries, and of course, maybe not that dramatic. But if you felt that way when someone has set boundaries, then that could mean you have come from more, a more enmeshed family. And of course, there are different levels of enmeshment. You don't have to be super enmeshed to to struggle with these types of things. And it's if you do, it's totally normal. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk about how to set boundaries, things like that. Yeah, but. and another thing that enmeshment causes is a sense of responsibility for the people in your family and in your relationships. Like, yeah. A sense that I'm responsible for you, you're responsible for me. Yeah. And to a certain extent, if you're a parent, absolutely, you're responsible for your children. To a certain extent, depending on their age, of course. But even then, they still have their agency, their personal choice, their their right to choose to act in a certain way. And it's the same thing with like a peer-to-peer relationship, like a marriage or a friendship or um, like a work relationship or just an overall friendship in any type of situation. Um, you're responsible for their feelings and they're responsible for yours. And so you need to act in a way that keeps things safe and secure and all yeah. bubbly and happy and yeah. cozy. And you avoid the conflict that comes with natural boundary setting because you want to avoid that responsibility, that, that feeling that comes from a, the way a person's going to feel based on the way that you act or right. set a boundary. Yeah. Hopefully that rant made sense. But um, I guess in conclusion with that, the sense of responsibility that we have with four other people and their feelings and their overall like mental state can lead us to avoid setting honest boundaries or just boundaries at all because we don't want them to feel bad because we set a boundary about them not coming over to our house every day or like you set a boundary within your marriage, whatever that may look like. You don't yeah. want that to hurt your spouse's feelings because you love your spouse. And all, all of that comes from a good place, but the only person responsible for a person's feelings is that person. Right. And that, at the end of the day, like that could sound selfish, kind of how we were starting mm-hmm. the podcast with, mm-hmm. but um, that's, I think, a, a cultural norm that we need to kick out the back door is that um, somehow not being overly or hyperly aware of other people's feelings is selfish. Yeah. Not aware. Because like, it's good to be aware, but getting having that sense of responsibility. Like, I can't do anything that makes a person feel bad. Right. That's not true. Yeah. And that's why setting boundaries can be so hard because you feel like you're responsible for their feelings. So you, you can't say anything that could possibly hurt their feelings, even if you have to sacrifice yourself and things you love to do to keep that equilibrium, to keep it equal, uh, to keep their feelings and emotions in check and to have them not jump overboard uh, when you set a boundary. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in some physics here. I just thought of something. Oh, let's go. I, I love the movie Interstellar. They yeah. talk about Murphy's Law. Like anything that can happen will happen. Mm-hmm. And like basically like when you're in a vacuum, more things can happen because it, like when you're in the vacuum of space, more things can happen. Like a wormhole can happen, things like that. And so the way that I look at it, bringing Murphy's Law into boundaries, um, the more... The less boundaries you have, the more things, more bad things can happen. Yeah. The way that I yeah. see it, like kind of bringing a weird Murphy's law. <laughs> um, the less boundaries you have, the more, I think, the more likely things are to happen in a negative sense. But the more boundaries you do have, the more likely things will be able to run smooth. The less likely you'll be able to hit by a meteor. Like if something bad happens in your relationship, not literally hit by a meteor, metaphorical <laughs> meteor in your relationship. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is by creating boundaries, you're basically creating a foundation yeah. for relationships. And you just yeah. as a person, like a well-being for yourself. 
when you set boundaries because primarily boundaries are about yourself. Yeah. That's the number one reason that we create them is for our right. own mental well-being. Right. And something I think we'll talk about this later, but we could even talk about it right now. The boundaries can be a huge benefit to a relationship. Yeah. Like they can they can literally literally be the the hair on the camel's back that causes a a breakup or a divorce, you know, yeah. like by a lack of boundaries. Like it seems sim- simple, but it's really not. I think it's the foundation of a healthy marriage and of a healthy parental like relationship as well. Yeah. To have those boundaries between between people to maintain a, a healthy connection, I guess. Yeah. And there's a if you want to go all interstellar and inception, yeah, there's a boundary to your boundaries, like how many boundaries you should set. Because yeah, we, yeah. we talked about this, I guess Austin and I were talking about this, and um, how when you do set a lot of boundaries, they can be really rigid, you know, yeah. and restrict you from doing certain things. That's what a boundary is up to a point. So if you set too many boundaries, like use the space example, you set a boundary as an astronaut to not die that's good pretty good boundary <laughs> uh not go outside of the spaceship okay that can that could be good not uh do more what does astronauts do to not um not eat certain foods because it could make you gassy in space <laughs> that, i don't, don't want that, that trapped go. in your space suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so you just see how the more boundaries you set the more restricted you can become and so up to a point Setting too many boundaries can be a negative thing or an unhelpful thing. And so, like with all things, there's a balance here. You need to learn when to set boundaries and then learn when to maybe let up on some boundaries or to completely get rid of them. This is like for kids, for example. This is a really good example or a really good way when you would loosen up on boundaries or completely get rid of them as your kids get older. Like if you have, like for example, when I was younger, we couldn't play any video games really, like none. My parents would say we would never have a console. <laughs> like when the Wii came out, yeah, we would never have that. But a year or two later, they let up on those boundaries as we got a bit older and we got a Wii. And then when we got in high school, all of my brothers bought our own Xbox and those boundaries just kind of went away because we were progressing uh, in life as people, you know? And so as parents, you set a boundary, those can change, and that's okay. And so just don't allow your boundaries to make you a rigid person, you know? Yeah. If that makes sense. I know we, we're getting all Inception and Interstellar yeah. up in here. Let's let's go nature analogy. But, Let your, your boundaries be like the edges of a river. They change all the time as water yeah. flow. Like I'm a huge yep. fisherman. I go on the Provo River all the time. And the flows are constantly changing, and so the shoreline is constantly changing on the ri- like on the river, mm-hmm. depending on the flows from the res- from the reservoir, yeah. based on how the state is choosing the flow coming out of the dam. It could be the same thing with your relationships, depending on where you're at in your life and kind of the climate or the like. Trying to further an- further the analogy of water, but depending <laughs> on the state of your relationship and where things are at right now, you should you can and should shift your relationships. I guess that's one time where a should is good healthy. Should. This is a yeah. good should where you, you should shift your, your boundaries based off of your needs. Yeah. But that's a good should there. Yeah. You should change that shoreline, change the edge of the river to match the, the, the water flow, to match the, the, the scenery. Like I'm trying to push that analogy a little bit further, but <laughs> be yeah. fluid and be flexible the way a river yeah. is in that way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like Bruce Lee says, become water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> be able to fill the container you're in. Be able to met, like mold your boundaries to the situation you're in. Right. I was going to say. Well, yeah. That's what water does. If you put water in a bottle, it molds to it the bottle. It becomes the bottle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> find a way to make yeah. your your boundaries that are important to you fit the situation because they're never, ever going to be able to be perfect. Right. Yeah, I was going to say just match the boundary with the circumstance and it yeah, could be different exactly. for everyone. And that brings us to our next point here. Boundaries can and will look different for everyone. Like mm-hmm. my boundary is going to look different than Austin's. His is going to be different than mine. And that's okay. That's natural and normal. And so don't freak out when someone sets a boundary and you're like, oh, crap. I should probably set that same boundary as well. Number one, you're shooting on yourself there. Mm -hmm. So be careful. And number two, just because someone sets that boundary and that's good for them, doesn't mean it will be good for you. And it could even be unhelpful for you. And so it's all different. We don't need to compare boundaries, just like how we don't need to compare grief like we talked about in our last Mm -hmm. episode. Just focus on you, your values, what you need in your life, and go from there. Yeah, the same way that you really don't look like anyone else on this planet unless you're an right. identical twin, your boundaries will look different. And even if you are an identical twin, your boundaries will still be different. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the few things yeah. that is 100% individual to who you are. Yeah. Same with like your biopsychosocial interaction with the environment. It's going to be unique to you. Right. Which leads us right into how do you even create boundaries in the first place? Yeah. How do we do that? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. One of the first important things that come from the article that we thought was interesting is... It basically says, like, if let's say we're setting a boundary with Enoch here, like if we were, this is the, the um, example the article uses, um, like if we were going to dinner together and it was at a specific time and Enoch showed up late and that kind of pushed my schedule back. Yeah. And that put me in a bad spot. I wasn't able to move my schedule around because I didn't know he was going to be late. Sorry. And so, yeah, um, <laughs> a, a bad way to set a boundary, not a bad way, how about an unhelpful way to set mm-hmm. a boundary would mm-hmm. be to say, just come out right and say, you really need to tell me when you're going to be late. Just being really harsh with it. Kind of how we were talking about yeah. harsh language. Yeah. The article says to kind of soften the blow with a, hey, I had a really good time with you. I love spending time with you. I love going to dinner with you. Great restaurant. But you really need to tell me that you're running late, that type of thing. And what we kind of came to the conclusion of is the but is almost like a bless your heart kind of thing. Like what yeah. I just said really doesn't matter. Right. And so you could just flow right into your boundary after stating the positive, after after validating the person and your experience with them. So that would look like, hey, thanks for coming to dinner with me. I had a really good time. And next time, do you think you could just let me know when you're running late? I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. Just as simple as that. Just kind of yeah. flowing into the boundary so it's not negating or un- like dehumanizing them or that experience you just had together. Yeah. The article also talks about you can use but and replace it with and also, which will like lighten the blow. Yeah. And I mean... Sure, but to a certain degree, again, you're not responsible for their feelings and you're not responsible to necessarily lighten the blow in a sense. Like, of course, you're not going to be a total jerk about it and say, like Austin would say to me, like, why would you be so, why are you so late? What mm-hmm. the heck? Like, can you not do that next time? I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. And like, of course, that's not very, it's not very helpful. We, as, as Austin and I were talking about it, using but or and also things like that. It can be, sure, helpful. Like And also, it's just showing that two things can exist at the same time. Like, I love you. Also, I'd appreciate it if you weren't late. But yeah. you can just take those out. Like, Don't use but. Stay away from the butts. You don't like big butts and you cannot lie. <laughs> you don't like the butts. 
and just don't use and also like don't use filler words like that just say hey austin i really appreciate you coming to dinner with me and i'm actually really excited this is going to be awesome just next time would you be able to maybe show up a little earlier i'm on a really tight schedule and i'm just pushed back a little bit that's all yeah it's just you know the clear concise language avoids any type of misinterpretation or miscommunication right. just being concise as you can like in, in marriage therapy and in like marriage studies in general, they talk about encoding and decoding errors mm-hmm. and encoding error is the way that you say something and a decoding error is the way that the person perceives that. Yeah. You can minimize those encoding and decoding errors by being more concise with your speech. Right. So in that way, avoiding filler words and avoiding fluff helps deliver the message in a good way. So it's a good encoding process and it decreases their chance of having a decoding problem as mm-hmm. they interpret that message. Mm-hmm. So that's what that does. That's what that exercise does. Avoiding the buts, avoiding the also's helps minimize the, the communication problems. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. Like it's definitely harder when you start, but practice makes perfect. Exactly. And you're still not going to be perfect even after you, even after you practice, Yeah. but you'll be better. So start there. No buts. The next here is to not blame. Don't make, don't make it your problem. Like using the same analogy. If Austin was late to dinner, don't make it his problem that he's late. Make it your problem that you have like a tight schedule. You have places to be. Mm -hmm. And that just makes you accountable for really your own actions for everything that you say, like you're responsible for that. So saying, instead of saying, like, Austin, why are you always so late? You're always late, dude. This is messed up. I have a friend that's always late. If you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but instead of saying, hey, I'm on a really tight schedule. I'm sorry. Would it be okay if you show up earlier? We cut this meeting shorter mm-hmm. today or whatever. Like, make it your problem. It's not theirs, even if it might be, like, they're the reason you're late. Don't make it their problem. Yeah. Take accountability for you. Yeah. Like if you had to quit a job with, and like you really like your boss and you really appreciate like what they've done for you, all that, like you have to quit because of a, like a better opportunity or like just for some reason, um, the best way to do that is to take extreme ownership for the boundary for yeah. quitting the job for stopping something. Because that avoids that, um, again, it avoids that decoding error that the person that you're probably trying to avoid in the first place. You know, you don't want them to feel bad. So therefore, make it your problem. If you want to healthily take responsibility or make sure that a person doesn't feel a certain way because you love them, you don't want them to feel bad. um, A good way to do that in a healthy, helpful way is to take ownership of the situation. This is my problem. This is because of me, not because of you. And that's the cheesy right. cliche. It's it's not you, it's me when you break up with someone. <laughs> yeah. But in a way, that's what it is. Like yeah. it, it really is you because this is about you and your mental well-being. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Another another good thing to do when you set boundaries is to explain yourself sometimes. Dot 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 sometimes. Dot 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 sometimes because not every situation and not everyone deserves an explanation for your boundary. Some yeah. boundaries are there for you and for you to know only, or for you to know the reason only. Yeah. Because they're important to you. And honestly, no one deserves to know why you have a boundary because that boundary is there for you. There's some situations like a marriage. I'm sure your spouse, it's healthy for it's healthy and help, 
healthy and helpful to explain yeah. your boundaries to your partner. Yeah. That's a good time to explain your your boundaries to your partner because that's going to create intimacy. That's going to create vulnerability. But if it's to your boss, if it's to a coworker, situations that don't really require a lot of intimacy, that's a time you don't necessarily need to explain your boundaries. Yeah. Just set it, be respectful about it, and go on with your life. Yeah. Yeah. And naturally, we tend to want to explain ourselves, to try and come up with an excuse. To rationalize. Or to rationalize, yeah. whatever it is, when really we don't need to. Like Austin was saying, you're just setting this boundary for you, and I would say 80 to 90% of boundaries, you don't have to explain why you're setting them. If someone asks why, you don't have to tell them. Mm-hmm. Just say, that's just my personal choice, mm-hmm. and sayonara. Yeah. But that brings us but <laughs> but that brings us to our our next one here as well, how framing your boundary in a way to elevate the relationship can be a huge plus. And so when you do like with your your spouse or a close friend, a family member, you can explain why you're setting this boundary and frame it in such a way to elevate the relationship by saying things like I'm setting this boundary for me and so I can be the best person that I can be for us. And so I can be there for you like when, when you need help or things like that. You know, frame it in such a way to where it's going to benefit the relationship rather than ruffle some feathers and make it worse. Because if it's going to make it worse, then either, I mean, if it's going to make it worse, honestly, just try and reframe it try and change your wording there's no secret word that will you know work in every situation you know the person you're talking with and you can use the correct words to not ruffle as many feathers because mm-hmm. either way setting boundaries is going to be tough mm-hmm. setting boundaries is going to ruffle some feathers and that's part of it and that's okay just remember you're not responsible for their feelings and if they really do love you if you are close to them and they know you, they're going to respect that. And it's not like they're going to run away forever and you're never going to see them again because you set that boundary. Exactly. And if they do, then that's probably better off in the first place. If they do run off because of that, that's yeah. a pretty good indicator that wasn't going to work out. Right. And beyond that, I have nothing else to add to that. It's perfectly yeah. said. You know, like you can frame it in a way that's going to benefit your relationship. Yeah. And lastly, with setting your boundaries... Uh, avoid my number one popular cognitive distortion that I do is avoid trying to mind read and avoid making assumptions about how the person is going to react based off of your boundary. Mm-hmm. No matter how good you are at thinking, no matter how good you are at perceiving, let's restart. <laughs> no matter how good you think you are at perceiving others' emotions and predicting their emotions, I can promise you, you are not a mind reader. Yeah. I know that's a really hard thing to overcome. I'm, I work on it every day. Um, but when it comes to setting your boundaries, you cannot get into that distortion of thinking you can and should mind read how someone's going to react based off of this. Yeah. Yeah. If you are, let's take it back to like a, a friend date analogy. Like if you are going out or supposed to go out to dinner with a friend and you just aren't feeling it, like, I don't know, it's it's not avoidance, not just not wanting to go. There's a, there's a real reason that is important to you and you have to call off the the get together. And you need to set that boundary like, hey, I can't do it tonight. Don't get into the the distortion that you can read their mind and that you presume that they're going to be devastated by that. 
we could pull in one of Tony Overbay's of the Virtual Couch podcast. One of his favorite phrases is from his Four Pillars of Communication, of a connected conversation, I should say. He always says, always assume good intentions when you're communicating with someone. Right. And it's the same with um, setting boundaries. Always assume yeah. good intentions. Always assume that people are going to take this in a good way because that is right. how you're going to be able to handle it correctly. Otherwise, you're just going to never set those boundaries because you're always going to assume the worst. Right. So always assume good intentions and avoid those assumptions about the people reacting and don't try to mind read people's reactions to, right. your, to your boundaries. You're going to go down a, a spiral with that. Right. And don't try to control it either. Again, you're not in control of their actions, of their feelings, of the way that they react. Like, you're just not. And if you do try and take control of that, that's called gaslighting. Yep. You don't feel this way. <laughs> and Yeah. And we want to avoid that as well. <laughs> so just don't, don't assume you set boundaries for you. And if that hurts their feelings, that's their problem. To say it frankly, it really is. Mm -hmm. And of course, you can do things that, that make it better, that make it easier for them to take. Of course, if, if you really love them, you're going to say it as nicely as you can. Exactly. But even if you say it super nice, they can still get hurt. And that's just the reality. Yeah. And that's okay. Just know that setting boundaries will be better for any relationship over time. Really, any relationship. But it can get messy and most likely will get messy at first for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But once you clean up all that mess and over time they'll see that you have those boundaries and that's okay and it'll be okay. The relationships will mend and it'll be stronger than ever because of those boundaries. And so I've, I hope this episode helped at all in learning to set boundaries. And if you have a problem with this, then this is something to, to think about mm -hmm. how you can set better boundaries for you. Because like we say all the time, you are worth it. You're worth a million bucks you're worth it all. And so learn to set boundaries for yourself because you deserve it. And it will make your life better along with all of your relationships as well when you set those boundaries. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for joining us on another episode. Hopefully you learned something. If you did and you feel like someone else in your life can benefit from this, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a friend, send this podcast to them and uh, mm -hmm. tell them to check us out. The rest of our episodes, spread the news if you like it because we would love that. That's what it's we, all about. We would be so grateful if more people like <laughs> you could benefit from this. So yeah. please share it. Leave a review. If you're on YouTube, drop a like. Smash drop that like, like button. <laughs> smash that subscribe button. I love saying that. Hit the bell icon. Hit the bell icon so you're notified <laughs> of new episodes relief. I just said that wrong. Um, dyslexia. Anyways, thanks We're for joining YouTubers. us. <laughs> thanks for joining us on another episode. Um, join us on Thursday for the What About episode, and we'll talk to you guys Thursday. Peace. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy?